Hello, socialites, and welcome back to the Social Studies Podcast, the podcast where we study being social by being social. Quick little pause. Cleveland, July, you know what? I don't have my calendar in front of me. I'm going to say July 14th and 15th. going to say that. Hope it's right. You can go to mrdtimes3.com to snag up tickets to that. I'm coming for all of you Ohioans. Your governor's a little ass backwards right now, but I digress. We'll get it for another time. Also, just want to let you know, fall tour dates coming out. We're going to announce those. I believe it's the first week of August, but we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, um, got an awesome guest. I was recently on this man's podcast, The Downside, which we're going to talk about. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Very hilarious comedian, John Marco Ceresi. Hello. Did I say your last name right? Yeah, that was great. Did, you have one of those last names that people probably butcher often. Yeah, I get Scorsese, uh, Ceresi. Uh, I say uh, crazy. My dad was called Crazy Ceresi. He was like in a gang in high school. Well, now I'll never forget Ceresi. it. And then people called me a couple times Ceresi, so Gazy. Ooh. And that's, uh, so I say either or. Did that stick with you? No. No, it didn't stick. It didn't sting. None, none of that stuff stung me when I was. None that, good for you. Well, I think it's because I went to all those theater camps growing up. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I was like, yes, I was more feminine in high school, but then I go to theater camp and I was like the quarterback of the football team. I was over Mis there. Mr. Masculine over there. Mm -hmm. So I kind of got a real all the Dick world. Van Dyke, if you will. I think I went through a phase where in middle school I was called gay a lot. Mm -hmm. And just for the listeners, I'm straight. With with guys in the classroom, I would I would like kind of flirt like like be like, hey big boy. <laughs> and I, I looking back on it, I think, oh I maybe I was over exaggerating or trying to like own the bullying of just like, oh, you think I'm gay? Well I'm so gay. I'm gonna flirt with you and fucking English class. I love this. But I got in big trouble one time. What happened? And this is this is a good so I had a I had a band teacher named Dr. Lewis. No, you didn't. And he he was very very stern. He was like first day we ever met him, we asked him like what his dream was and he said, I want to live on an island where I eat fried chicken and never talk to other people ever again. And in fifth grade we were like, what? We're gonna you die. don't like friends? <laughs> and this, oh, so so we went to a, a middle school dance and I was going through this phase, this weird this phase where I said to him, uh, he was, you know, chaperoning the dance. And I said, make sure you save a dance for me, Dr. Lewis. And then cut to later that night, I'm at my dad's house and phone rings. This is at night, 10 p.m. or something. I pick it up. It's Dr. Lewis. Oh, shut now, up. I'm, I have no idea what's going on. I'm very curious of where this is going. And I, he says, uh, is your father there? I'd like to speak to your father. And I was like, sure, no idea. And so I bring the phone to my father's room. He's, he's, uh, he's reading my sister a bedtime story or whatever. And my father is not to be fucked with in general or around crazy me. Sir like this is where, yes, crazy crazy. This is where he's like a good dad in certain respects. And Dr. Lewis like said like this wildly. And he, he, asked me to dance on the dance floor and like clearly was was having a very homophobic reaction to this all. And my dad told him to like go fuck himself. My Good. dad's a cursor. And so he didn't hold back at all. He told this guy to like go fuck himself. How dare you call this late at night? Just just read him his rights. And when I got to school the next day, like 
the the principal took me aside and they said, we're not mad at you, but we understand there was this thing. And so if you don't want to see Dr. Lewis, like as your advisor right now, we you can go to this other advisor for now. Like they understood, like they were dealing with a difficult situation. But it's not that difficult. Sure. I think, you know, if you really want to be like prickly about it, you could be like, it's inappropriate for a student to ask a teacher to dance sexuality aside. Yeah. But you could also go like, well, let's not be silly. It was just a joke that a student said. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like especially as a teacher, former teacher, the best way to handle that would have just been like, John Marco, you have detention. That was fucking weird. Yeah. And yeah. that's the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. But I think, um, what is it? Dr. Lewis? Dr. Lewis. I think you made a little tickle in his pickle. Something, something happened because, and then we, I don't think we spoke again after that. Yeah. You awoke him. I think so. Yeah, for I think sure. So. He wanted, you know, he said he wanted to be on that island with no people. He really wanted no people to judge him. what he wanted. Right. And it wasn't fried chicken. It was it not. Was, it was your it was ass. ass. <laughs> your, your sweet little asshole. He wanted it. Oh, um, poor Dr. Lewis. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's always been this because I you know there there was no one really out of the closet in middle school at least at the middle school I was. How old at. are you? Me, I'm thirty three. Oh, I'm thirty three. Same age. Oh yeah. Graduated oh seven. Uh yeah yeah. Look at us. So that's funny that you say that because I feel like in middle school I was very progressive and I was like, do I do it now? Like I was wiggling, ready to just emerge when did you from know? my cocoon. When did you have a did you have like a, a moment? I knew I was gay, I believe, conception. Yeah. And then uh, I came out when I was 14 to friends and wow. like my girl cousins. Because when you're a little gay boy, you're girl cousins. Uh-huh. That's, uh-huh. that's your safety net. And then it was like a slow process from there, like slowly more cousins, more friends, a couple teachers. And then by my senior year, I was out to my parents. I've seen so many people come out in acting class. Oh, shut up. I saw, I, I was very depressing. I did a musical theater uh, camp and this this guy uh-huh. from somewhere in the South, he was he had a romantic scene with a woman. It was not going well. And the teacher who was very uh, Strasbourg, emotions, feelings, um, he was struggling. And the teacher was like, you know, this there's not a lot of connection going on here. And this kid started crying and he said, I think I might be gay. And Whoa. the teacher was like, okay, well, uh, do the scene again instead of a woman. Uh, uh, do you like watermelon? And he was like, what? And he was like, do you like watermelon? He was like, yeah. He said, okay, do the scene again. Instead of a woman, pretend she's a watermelon. And that was his like acting exercise to substitute a woman for a watermelon. And then you can do the scene. How was it when he did it? It was, it was excellent. No, stop. it was amazing. It was amazing. That's a little fruity. Ah, but the sad part is then he went back home and I remember on Facebook, it said like, you know, uh, Christian is in a relationship with Elizabeth. And I was <gasps> like, oh, you're going to. You're going to hurt poor Elizabeth's feelings one day. She's no watermelon mm-hmm. and she never will be. So where did you go? Did you go to, where'd you go to theater camp and stuff? Everywhere. This one was. You're, uh, you're New York born and bred? No, I, I, Maryland near DC. Okay. But I went up to New York every summer with my dad. Like that was his. He would get out, like he would get a hundred dollar bills. We'd go to the plaza and like that was his being cool. Okay, cool. Um, he I went like through it. phases. He went through phases of having a lot of money, not having money. Mm-hmm. So like he used to be big at the Met Opera and he would donate and fall asleep during Pavarotti. Ah. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like not really classy, like a, a Trump type, a Trump type in certain respects. For sure. Uh, for sure. Trying to buy class. 
Noted. We definitely had, there was definitely the art of the deal was on that bookshelf pre everything. Right. right. So what, when, but he's not a theater guy. He would like go, but, but only because like, that's what he's supposed to be. So he'd go to the Met. He'd go to the theater. Got it. But not enjoy and any of it. is very supportive of you being creative tight. Supportive. Sometimes it's like definitely financially supportive. Okay. But like supportive or doesn't care. I think it's it's sometimes it's a tough balance. Yeah. Like I don't think he like I don't think he enjoys my comedy. He goes, uh-huh. he always has no or every time he sees me do comedy, he's always like, you know, I've always had an idea for a comedy thing. And I'm like, well, you save that for later. You save that for something else. <laughs> for you. you go take a class. Yeah. But I just had a show. So let's let's just heap praise upon me. Oh wow. That's what you need from your parents. Do your parents love you being a comic or like you being a comic? I think my mom is kind of into it. Okay. I think my mom's into it now. Yeah. And I'm lucky they've never restricted me or complained about, and I've said some mean, mean, mean shit about them. Oh, really? And they've been, they've been cool about that. Really? Yeah. Only time my mom got mad, once I used her maiden name on stage uh, and implied that she gave someone a hand job in high school and she thought I was calling her a slut, which I, which I thought was so funny because I was like, a hand job in high school? That's not... <laughs> That's not slut territory at all. It's normal. That's normal. Right. Uh, but that's the only time. So I can't use her real name. Other got than it. that, she's fine. My parent, my dad got really, really, really fucking mad one time at me. And, well, first of all, they love me doing comedy. Uh-huh. They're like, in it. Do they laugh? Yes. They're laughing. They laugh. Good. My partner Morgan, however, he's just kind of like, there he is doing his thing. Sure. Sure. Yeah, he's just used to it. We live together. You know, it's like, yeah. Well, my parents love it. So I did a show one time and I used to drink when I was first starting to like tour a little bit more and you're just like surrounded and everybody wants to give you a drink and like that's the culture. Mm-hmm. I would accept. And they came to a show in LA and I was shmammered. I was hammered and it was not good. It was a very important show. I had like reps there ready to sign. You hammered before the show? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And my dad was like, he was fucking furious. <gasps> Fur- I said some like, I was just riffing on what weird shit. Just weird shit. Like I was way more sexual than I ever am, than my act is. Sure. I was just too, way too many fucks, which I do. I'm not. I'm not a clean comic, but it was over the top and unnecessary. And in retrospect, him getting that furiously mad at me the next morning very much made me realize, like, that's not it. Like, Mm. you you are talented. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. So it was very embarrassing for me. And I don't ever drink on tour unless it is the last show of the run. That's, 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 that's noble. Yeah. So like my Saturday late show is when I will... We'll crack it open. And not all the time. Yeah. I'll have a beer. I'll bring it on stage with me. I usually have like half a beer each set these days. Okay. And that's how I do it. How many shows are you doing a night? Well, it depends on how I'm doing. I mean, I've been doing a bunch of... When I'm doing the two two a night, yeah. I'll, like have, I'll bring that beer for the first show. Uh-huh. I'll have half. Yeah. And then like, then I have to wait until the second show. I feel it. I get tipsy from one beer. I get a marbled mouth and I talk fast on stage. And when I start tripping up... It's over. I feel I just lose the real drive of the show. So I don't get too drunk. You're very funny. Thank you. I really I have a question for you too. Please. You're very, very funny. I love what you post. You guys gotta go follow him. John Marco 
Crazy Sorezi. I wish that's what it was. John Marco Sorezi on Instagram. I would like you, Blake, I'm going to send you a picture of this so you can put this up on the screen when we get to this part. I would like you to explain this. Ah, uh, yes. So I just, I, I performed at a resort in San Diego. Uh-huh. And uh, before the show, I was having one of those days, I, I, I was like, I need to do something exciting. I'm in San Diego. And so I just went for a swim. In a pool? No, it was like the ocean and there was like an island. And like there was something in me, some deep evolutionary thing. I wanted to swim to the island and walk around the island just once and then swim back. And so I like crammed it in right before the show. And then I went to the the venue, which is part of the resort. And I'm in just a, a swimming suit and shirtless. And I couldn't tell with the resort, like, is it okay that I'm in this area with sand on my feet and shirtless? But then I said, go for it. Push yourself. <laughs> That's me pushing myself. And I, I wanted to put in my dinner order early so it'd be ready in time for the show. And she said, get on stage, tell some jokes. And so she took a photo shoot. There were not a lot of people there. That oh. was not the actual show. So this wasn't your set? No. I have been watching that and I'm looking at the picture and I'm like, this motherfucker went up there soaking wet in this bathing suit and did this show soaking wet. I would feel, I had the other night I was wearing a button down and a, a rib tee. And for a second, I thought like, I'm going to take off this bun down, just wear the rib tee. But I would feel, I, I could, I would be able to feel comic friends from New York going like, Jesus Christ. Wait, because of what? Because it's like, oh, are you a comedian or are you like stripping for laughs? You know, I'm sure Bert Kreischer has some friends that are like, Get. Put on a fucking shirt, dude. For what sure. What the fuck? For sure. But he fucking loves it. And now it's his thing. It is his thing. And it saves him trouble getting ready for the show. He only has to pick a bottom. I mean, for that's sure. nice. Now, let me ask you this. <laughs> only has to pick a bottom. True. I'm so gay. I My brain immediately <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. was like, what is he talking about? Oh, you're talking about trouser shorts. We were talking about Jay Jordan, my 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 friend in New York and, and your your uh your idol. My my MCM maybe, my Man Crush Monday. Man Crush Monday. Some Mondays. He you know, he makes his sex like sexiness. I, I don't know. I just like there's I'll let it be there. If someone uh -huh. else wants to take it, but I don't feel comfortable projecting sexiness. Well, okay, okay. I'll give the, you that. No, you just showed me a picture of me shirtless. And I'm talk to you I put this. it on Instagram. The, so here's my thing. Did your milkshake bring all the boys to the yard when you posted that? I have I have a lot of uh gay male fans. Oh, it doesn't have to be boys. Boy, well, boy is We um, said men to the yard. We did. Boy, bring all the boys to the yard. We'll say the word boy in that sentence yeah. is human. It's it's definitely I get more like more from men than women. Oh, I'm lying? For sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I never want to, some jokingly will will say I'm queer baiting. And like, I feel like there's like the cute version of whatever that is. And then there's like <laughs> the you're being manipulative version. Ooh. And I never want to be that manipulative version. But then someone like Jay will will retweet me saying something about I'm, I'm the gayest something or other. And I'll be like, okay, well, if he's queer baiting on my behalf, I'm just the worm on the hook. He's the one casting it. What is your, what's your demo? Like who comes to your shows? It's, it's all over the place. Tell me. Days. I mean, it's, it's, you got the children from TikTok. The you children, the, the, the Gen Z. <laughs> Gen Z. They're eating the Cerezi. Oh yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. And then like some older people. Facebook is like where it's like, it's anybody's guess. Yep. All sorts of ages. Yep. Facebook are where the comments are like, were you reminded what America is? Oh. 
fully aware. Like one's telling me I'm going to go to hell. Yeah. And you're like, go to hell? That's the heckle now? <laughs> um, so it's still scattered. I don't think I have like a really clear family, but I have, I definitely have theater people. Okay. Last night I was in Sacramento Punchline and some some guy gave a heckle that was like, it was too rehearsed of a heckle. He said, you remind me of Hugh Jackman in Oklahoma. Why don't you sing some verses for us? Like that quickly. Like it was a fully formed thought. So did he, was he like maybe a little not all there? Because that's very targeted. Mm, he, there was someone else who was not all there. He seemed all there, just maybe awkward or. Oh, that's uh, like. <laughs> but also Hugh Jackman in Oklahoma, that's a, Hugh Jackman was in Oklahoma before he was a movie star. So like that's a theater person. Oh. That's a theater person for oh. sure. Oh, yeah. And it was very weird. It was just like a kind of heck where I didn't even know. You know, I said something like, how about I be Hugh Jackman and X-Men and stab you? And then I felt bad because like, that's violent. You have to. Okay, I yeah. want to talk about two things. One, we're going we're gonna to talk about musical theater. Are you mm. a musical theater gay? I, yes, but I, I left it behind. I really broke up with it. You did. Yeah, I think school took some of the college going. I went to college for musical Studying theater. It, yeah. I think it took some of the joy out of it. I think I like, I desperately wanted to be a great singer. And I practiced hours, hours every day to the point that I didn't fully live a college and you're, life. And you're implying that you're not? Uh, I think I'm like, I, I, I'm okay, but I didn't have, I, I'm not, I don't have the musical talent. I, I enjoyed the expression of it for Got sure. It. Got it. But like, I, I wanted to be a tenor and I would just, I kept thinking I was going to master singing and I would just, so I would crack. I would crack on stage. And I had some like, when you crack on stage, it's more humiliating than bombing. I did a, a soliloquy from Carousel. Do you know this song? I do. And it's a, it's a 10 minute epic song. Uh, and it was for a Rodgers and Hammerstein uh, uh song cycle and and I'm singing the end and he's he's imagining Billy Bigelow's imagining what he's going to do if he has a daughter how he's going to take care of her and it goes like I'll go out and make it or steal it or take it and I went or take it or die <laughs> no. and I remember walking backstage and and there's no there's nothing to say to me there's nothing to say. You can't say, oh, I didn't notice that. You can't say, oh, it wasn't that bad. And it's like, I would live every day so anxious about that happening to me. I would go in the bath. I had a little OCD and I wasn't in therapy then, but I'd go to the, the bathroom every day and check like, take it, take it. And just test it, test it, test it obsessively. Yeah. And then it sometimes would happen on stage and it would be so humiliating. And it was like, I'm neurotic already. Mm -hmm. And to add the inconsistencies of a vocal career and I think an instrument that wasn't really designed, I think, for this kind of work was just a nightmare life. I love that you said the instrument that was not designed for this kind of work. That was deep. Yeah. That was well, a deep sentence. And it's, it's, I mean, it's what I fear about every art form I pursue where, but with singing, it feels a little more crystal clear in terms of like, oh, I don't think... It's like a basketball player having to quit at some point. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's just being like, I don't think I have the body for this. I definitely, same journey. Actually, eerily similar. Heist, definitely a little theater boy mm -hmm. forever, right? And in high school, the pot was not huge to choose talent sure. from. <laughs> Could definitely hold my own in the acting department. Uh-huh. Could 
give you a real good box step. Uh-huh. Singing was not my thing. Yeah. My junior year, I get cast as the lead in Susical the Musical, Cat in the Hat. You can character sing that all the live long day. Of course. Did I nail it? I did. What do we do next year? Children of Eden. Mm. What do Steven I get? Schwartz. I got cast as God. Gay 17 just came out. God. Can't sing. For those of you who don't know what Children of Eden is, by the way, it is an opera. It is it's it's the Bible, but gayer. It's the guy who wrote Wicked, so it's very belty and oh god. And I'm the lead God. Yeah. And we have the same thing. It was he sings let I can't even do it because the trauma is coming back uh-huh. for real. But he sings Let There Be at the very beginning. And it's like be and an eval like, too. That's brutal. Bitch, I went opening night. <laughs> <laughs> and there is video of it somewhere and like <gasps> my friends who are in, who were in that show with me who played all the other leads what professional opera singers now killing it they will play that shit for me like at a party they'll just be like let's put it on and oh like, no! god it's so bad i think I, if someone had a recording of me doing that i still would be like no don't put it on I'm oh serious i'm don't put it on i'm serious same, so same, so same. And they just do it. And I'm like, oh, I can't. But the thing is, is that was the moment where I realized you're funny. You can, you make people laugh all the time. And the funny parts on stage, you're killing it. And that's when I really started to shift and get super into stand up and super into like SNL and things in high school. And then experimented with it in college and found that stand up like really was for me. And then here's the best part about stand up though. You're in a you're in a show, you're in a musical, right? And mm-hmm. it's you and the team. I love that in stand up, it's one person, you fully in control of this room. Yeah. And it's like I will dictate how this goes. It sucks when it sucks. For sure. But when it is good, it is black tar heroin. Sometimes I th- I do have that moment where like if it's a big show and I'm like the people who booked me really trust me. They, <laughs> no. they they have like I could do anything. Yeah, I could totally shit the bed right 100%. now. One hundred percent. And uh, it can be overwhelming. Sometimes it feels good. Sometimes, like especially now that more people coming out to see me, I'm just like, oh my god, they gave up their like Sunday for this, and I'm like working on like a new joke I want to do that night that I know is gonna bomb, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, I'm just gonna throw this out there and. Hopefully they still have fun. You have to. It's yeah, but it's the the weight of it can be can be quite immense. Oh God! If if you, if I think about it, I I don't get nervous, mm-hmm. but I am a nervous pooper, and sometimes like right before I'll head out, I'll be like, I have to shit now, and I'll like make someone do like five more minutes. Really? Yeah, because I'll be like, it's happening right now, but I don't feel nervous. <laughs> not sweating, nothing. Just gotta let it out. Yeah, I'm definitely a pre-show pooper. One more, one more question. <laughs> one more question before we get into the emails. What is your favorite musical? Falsettos. Really? Mm-hmm. That I was not expecting. That it was is. Also it's not always been it so fast. It yeah yeah because yeah. it's, it's it's always been. I, I I'll never know. There's two aspects I think lead into it. Um, and again, like first of all, just to acknowledge, it does it does fit. Strangely, with Justice, the, the the main character for people, I mean, plenty of people don't know falsettos, but the main character is Marvin, and part of it is Marvin leaves his wife for his best friend, who's a man, and so Marvin seems to be bisexual or gay or whatever, but like that's it's about being gay in the eighties, the the second act about kind of the AIDS crisis, 
And the first act is just about this, this man trying to keep his family together with his ex-wife. And uh, I think I relate to Marvin's narcissism. Mm. I mean, it's very much the show is, is it's very much an ensemble piece, but Marvin, he, he, he has a song called where he says, I want it all. And it is just that narcissism that I, I think is where I identify with Marvin. It's super Jewish and I wasn't raised super Jewish, but whatever it's in my blood, whatever it's, it's in however my mom raised me. So something about it connects. And then I, this was when I was listening to albums, like the really exciting where teenagers, cool teenagers listen to rock and roll or hip hop or rap. I was listening, I was getting new musical theater albums yep. every weekend off of Amazon and reading the libretto along with it. And just where some, some place where the brain is really just like soaking it in. And it was this summer uh, when I first listened to falsettos, it, it was, I was with my mom, my stepdad and my sister, my, my younger half sister. And it was my birthday. So basically what happened is, uh, my father called me on my birthday. My stepfather wouldn't let me talk to him that day. Cause my dad had called too late. And I had this confrontation with my stepfather. It was the first time I stood up to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he wouldn't let me talk to my father. And then I said to him, and he's a scary guy, at least he was when I was a kid. I said, you're just mad because my dad fucked your wife before you did. And I think I was turning 14 or 15. And it was some, it was one of my 100% like life moments of of just like becoming an adult <laughs> and, and saying what I actually felt. And I had never cursed this, cursed in front of this man, let alone at this man, let alone about his wife. <laughs> and oh my fucking God. Yeah, yeah. And I believe that something about that moment, this is puberty, this is confronting my stepfather, love with musical theater that like, I think it just, that musical imprinted on me and I was listening to it at that time. And I just feel like it's just part of that package for me. Wow. That nothing will ever, nothing will ever touch it. It it went there. Yeah. You really connect to it. Yeah. That like, literally I'm over here like, what's your favorite? Thoroughly modern Millie. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, Great yeah. answer. Thank you. Can I ask what his reaction was? Did you get thrown into a wall? Well, shockingly enough, no. I, the thing is, so first of all, to, to complicate it, it was my little sister. We have the same birthday. So it was her birthday too. She's there for all of this. Uh-huh. Uh, we were out at the- Is it the, daytime? I'm picturing no, it's like night. dark. It's like a bar. Dark. Yeah, yeah. We were going to get ice cream. And my mom wasn't there. She was, she was a little bit drunk. And so we got back to the house. And like, I had this decision of like, do I tell my mom what happened or not? My stepfather's clearly, he's like, I think he's stunned. And we got back. I kind of was emotional. My mom was like, what's wrong? I told her. My mom started like screaming at him. It was the biggest fight they ever had. And and she was like, you know, if I, if I left with the kids right now, who do you think they're going to go with? I'm going to get in the car right now. And I was like, you're a little bit drunk. Maybe maybe tomorrow. And then he, he was like, uh, her, let's say her name is Susan. Susan, let's talk about this upstairs. And as they left, he turned around and looked at me and said, you're disgusting. And I'm just standing there newly 15 my sister's crying on the bed her birthday's fucking ruined and we were at a beach house with another family oh so fuck. they like they like came in the room and were like let's watch a tv show they were trying to do i'm sure I, I would love to talk to them about that i don't even know what the family was but they came in and tried to do like all right that we picked the wrong family to go to the beach with they were clearly on the verge of a collapse and we're just gonna spend time with these kids is and she still with him? No, no, no. But and wow. he and I are closer now. Shut the fuck up. When they got divorced, 
he and I like he didn't have a lot of friends, I don't think, or a lot of male friends. And he would like he would take me out for like jogging. Like that was his version of therapy. And we'd be like running for two blocks. And then he'd be like, let's walk for a bit. And I was like, oh, fuck. And they go, why is your mom so unhappy? And I was like, I am 17. I'm 17. I'm just trying to get into college and get my first blowjob. I don't know what it is. What are you asking me? And, but I think through that, he was reaching out to me. I did not, I wasn't a dick about it. So I yeah. think like that kindness was reciprocated. Yeah. And I knew him for a long time. You know, when, when your parents get divorced and you had a stepdad for 14, 15 years, yeah. like part of you is like, well, do I just never speak to this person again? We have history. For sure. And he's he's very, uh, very sweet to me now. And I stay at his place when I'm in Maryland and get the fuck out. Did you have a is you do you have a young mom? Uh not super young. I think she's I think she's 59 now. So Okay. Uh not super young. Younger than my mom. My my parents are almost 70 for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're like, um, you know. 50% titanium at this point. So yeah, so, but they were, they're older parents. Yeah, they're older parents. I, I always had like older parents in the class, I feel like. I remember I had a roast battle once and this person who's like so many things to a horrible life they had, but they said the one thing you can't make fun of is that my dad is old. That was what they were most sensitive about, that they had an old dad. And they were like, don't say anything about yeah, it. Yeah, they were like, talk about my heroin addiction, talk about my sister dying, but like, do not joke about my dad being old yeah i gotta be honest like that would probably be like the one thing really yeah so i'm an only child Mm. and i have nuts nutso anxiety irrational about my parents passing away and when they pass away i can't and then i'm from detroit so they're all all the way in michigan still and i'm here and my one of my biggest fears is that something's going to happen. I'm not going to be able to get there in time. Mm-hmm. And like it will consume me. Wow. So when people like start fucking around about like that kind of talk, I have to like leave. But I don't want to be that comic who like can't laugh at my own shit. Listen, roast battles aren't for everyone. They're, people have those points. But that's why you had that conversation before. And yeah. just sometimes it's weird what people have. But you're like, okay. Wow. I, that You know, that's like a comedy series in its own. Like filming before a roast don't even show the roast every comic has to go around and say what you cannot joke about and why yeah i mean looking back like i don't know if it's how i like roast battles a lot you but do. like i i like this i like really tight joke structure so like i admire the work of it it's a lot of work to prepare to i i, I don't do roasts anymore because it would it would take all my time right they're very hard to prepare for but i love just these super tight jokes but i do think like there is part of it where it's like i don't think this is healthy there are some comics who's Mom just died, and and when I was in my roast days, it'd be like fantastic. Yeah, all mom jokes. Here we go. All mom jokes. Wow. You know, you know who came to my New York show the night that I did your podcast? That night, Elisa Lampanelli came to my show. Wow. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we don't have a lot of time, so I want to do Great. at least one email with you. Um, but before we do that, before we get into the emails, we're gonna cut to a commercial break. Hi-ya! Real quick, how was elementary school for you? Um, I was I was always a little bit awkward. It wasn't terrible. I definitely I went to a private school and there was not bullying per se. There I, was. Yeah. Then I, I wasn't picked on. I mean, I was like a chubby kid. What? I was like a chubby kid. Yeah. Say swear. I I just remember like pool parties being really horrifying. I was like big chested. And I I one kid came up to me and he like boxed my boobs. 
he was like booby 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 and you and were that like, stuck with me forever yeah 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 so I, I I was like I was I, I had to take the presidential fitness challenge which uh, you know that right no I'm like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like circa 1997 yeah 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 and it was like you know how many pull ups you could do and I was like I one I'll tell maybe. you no yeah. <laughs> one no and then if you can't do it the teacher would pick you up until your head was over the bar and then let go to see how many how long you can stay how, yeah how long I remember stay if I couldn't get up there I'm not gonna stay and uh, <laughs> so I was like embarrassed about that and. Yeah, I just wasn't, I wasn't popular. I wasn't cool. And then when I found theater, I like found, I mean, that's why I went to theater. It was just like, that was the thing I was because like then more you were, decent at. you were like the jock. Yeah. And that was where you could do it. Wow. I didn't know. I didn't know you, you identified as a chubby child. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. 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 Um, and I'm also really sorry that that guy did boobies, boobies, boobies Booby, to boobie, you. Boobie. Yeah. If you guys want to go follow on Instagram, the boobies, boobies, boobies have developed <laughs> Wonderfully, just so we're aware. Um, okay, so I get emails from my fans. They send me wild shit that's happened in the classroom. You're talking to predominantly middle-aged moms currently, uh-huh. and also a huge amount of them are teachers. So right. them are my bitches. I love them. They love me. Perfect. Here we go. Hi, Joe. Love the podcast. Thanks for bringing it each and every week with interesting guests. So this happened to my colleague literally last week. Oh, by the way, the subject of this email is middle school field trip, which makes me want to snort a Xanax. Mm. That is a nightmare. They were fun, though. I look back so fondly on field trips. But as the teacher. Sure, sure. You need to take out a second liability insurance just for yourself based off what these kids will do. It's nuts. We did a New York trip in my eighth grade. Oh, my God, canceled. Oh, yeah? Because of 9-11. Wow. Yep. What year? So, seventh grade. Uh-huh. 9-11 happened in seventh grade for you, too. I, I We must have gone 9-11 grade. wasn't a different year. Sure, right? sure. Yeah, my 9-11. So, yours was in eighth grade. It must have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine was supposed to be two, but we they were just kaput forever. Yeah. That's why. And we, I don't even think they do it to date. But they took us to see, they took us to see the producers because they had seen the movie. And two. I think the movie was kind of more tame mm-hmm. but like the musical was was pretty raunchy yeah for for kids and they had to write this long letter to the parents because there's a there's a whole number where the nathan hitler. lane is like trying to fuck old women yeah. yeah i mean i think they were more upset about the sex than hitler which says other problems about, but yeah but i just i just can't imagine those teachers i would have loved to have seen a camera on my one teacher mr hollander who, who still comes to comedy shows and just to see his face as like, he's like, I'm stooping all these old bitches and just be like, oh my God, what do we do? What do we do? Also, you and I in high school, we went to high school at a very amazing moment in musical theater. It was Wicked. It was Rent the Movie was coming out. I saw um, it in theaters in Baltimore with Anthony yeah, Rapp in the audience. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. It was very awkward because the movie was not very well received. Right. And something about it, musical movies are tough. Yeah. But when he started singing at the very beginning, like the, audi- the audience was like, <laughs> no. they were laughing because it was like something was, <laughs> something felt really stupid about him singing on screen. Oh, no. But he's in the audience. He's in the so audience. Very, I, I don't, we I never want to see. Avenue Q. Avenue Q. Dude, that was my shit. So I was it. like, oh, I wanted to be in it. So with Spelling Bee? John Tartaglia, Spelling Bee. I wanted to be in, I would still be in Spelling Bee. I think I could character or sing my way through that one. Who would you want to be? Which one? God, it's a toss up. Leaf Coney Bear. Leaf Coney Bear. I can't sing it. Sure. So I think I would sing um, the guy who sings Magic Foot. Mm -hmm. I could very much. Josh Gad. Put it on for that Josh Gad. Before he was Josh Gad. I mean, that whole musical was filled with like now stars. Oh, um, 
Modern Families, who played... Yeah, yeah, yeah. played Leaf. Leaf. Um, Celia... Oh, God. Celia... What's Celia her? Celia Bogut? 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 No, Celia... Hold on, this is going to come to me. Her brother was the original Crutchy on Newsies. Oh. Seal. It's, they have a two-person last name. They're from Gross Point, Michigan. They did community theater at the place that I did community theater. Really? I can't put it together. She's phenomenal. Keenan Bolger. Keenan Bolger. Yeah, Celia yeah, yeah. Keenan Bolger. And um, I don't know. That that was a really awesome show. And I wish I could be in it. I have ADHD. We should get back to this email. <laughs> Students are taken to the museum. Just so you know. One student sees a huge blackboard at this museum and decides to write penis in all big capital letters on this exhibit. My colleague, a much more serious human, was so mad, decided to call the student's parents to pick them up because clearly they were done with that shit. Child then decided to run away in a huge, not-so-safe city because that's why their parents were called. My colleague is now chasing the child around the city. Parents get there. They're calling, asking where the child is. My colleague is on the phone with them, running around, chasing after the kid. Parents were so embarrassed by the student's behavior that and my colleague had to call a friend to pick the kid up because they just could not bear to face the music. The student then got banned from field trips in the future. Laughing my ass off, 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 off. I, listen, that's going to be the next Banksy. And you got it. You got to embrace, you got to embrace it. That's not the worst thing in the world. It wasn't, it wasn't on a, it was on a, a blackboard, right? what they say? A chalkboard? But the, it's from the sounds of it. The blackboard was part of an exhibit. Sure. Like it was a historical, like there was, this was, was blackboard, the first like blackboard. Einstein wrote E equals MC squared. Well, part of it was used for the 10 commandments. Yeah. Then in that case, sure. That's not, that's not, good. not good. That's a problem. I was on a field. I took my kids to Comerica Park for a Tigers game when I taught in Michigan. Did I lose one? Sure fucking did. Literally riddled with autism. Just meanders his own way, counting cards or whatever. Gone. Gone. Freaking the fuck out. I was like, my job's gone. I got everybody on the bus, counted them, left two parents on the bus with the rest of the class and made the rest of the parents go with me into a MLB stadium to find this small, very small autistic child who's lost. The child's parents were not there. They were not a chaperone. How, where, where, where were they? When we found him? Yeah. Oh, you know, right at the dugout. Wow. Just right there. I for sure thought food. So I went to like candy and uh -huh. nachos and all that. Nope. He's like just enjoying baseball. That's now. Did you tell the parents when you saw him like, hey, just so you know, he went to the dugout. I did. That's be good. Because I wasn't scared. <laughs> I wasn't scared of getting in trouble, but I noted he, I knew that he needed to be. And in, in elementary school, especially with students with disabilities, which I understand, it's very difficult now to lay down the law. It's very difficult now to have any sort of consequence or any, which is a bunch of bullshit. Of course. With him even more. However, he was a good kid. So I knew that if he had some punishment at yeah. home, it would make a difference because my hands are tied behind my back. So I told the parents and I was like, this what's up. This shit can't happen. But when I'm at school, they're like, oh, well, you know, he, no, no, he has a disability. He still knows right and wrong. Yeah. Now, if that kid had disappeared, is the school, I like, do the school, are you liable at all? I think so. Really? I'm pretty sure. I mean, it, it's never happened. I'm having a hot flash, but. I'm sure it's happened. 
Uh, to have that, yeah, but like I'm sure there's a teacher like, and we never saw them again. The social studies podcast at gmail.com. If you have lost a kid on a field trip for real, for Write real. Write us from whatever penitentiary you are being currently <laughs> held at. Yeah. I'll be looking for letters from Rikers. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we did get the the time though. But before we go, I want to ask you, what other shows do you have coming up? What else are you working on? And where can the people find you? When is this coming out? You actually come out in, I think, three weeks. So you have a little bit of time. Um, okay. I actually just emailed my team telling them what day this is going to come out. Let me get that for you. So uh, find me online everywhere. I'm at John Marco Cerezi. Uh, I'm sure you can spell it. It'll be spelled in the show notes. And uh, my podcast is called The Downside. And uh, Joe did an episode that you should listen out. It, it is very good. Um, handsome Gay Teacher. I think that's what it was called. Honestly, first of all, you are one of the best hosts. You asked such poignant questions and we really kind of went there. Like I was catching myself getting heated talking yeah, about yeah, education because yeah. I'm so passionate about it. But you asked incredibly poignant, great Very interview. Kind. You should go listen to The Downside. Um, and you can also watch it on YouTube if you want. In regards to me, you can, if you go on the social media, you'll see all my tour dates coming up. But I'm going to be in Denver, Colorado, July 14th through 16th. I'm going to be in Toronto, July 22nd to Wait, 23rd. Wait, what are you doing? Yuck Yucks? No, it's just, it's called the National Comedy Theater. Oh, okay, cool. Which is a big name for a 50-seat room, but yeah, I, uh, it should be fun. If you got Yuck Yucks, I was going to be pissed. They told me I can't perform there because I'm not a Canadian. Really? We'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, uh, yeah, other dates. I'm doing Hartford, Connecticut, August 5th and 6th. But then find me online, join the text or email list, and you can see all my upcoming dates. I'm touring all around the country. Bada boom. Uh, highly suggest you check them out live and go see his stuff. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Oh, by the way, subscribe if you're watching this online. And if you're listening, subscribe. <laughs> subscribe wherever you're listening. We love you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.